Oh, should we start this show? Yeah, I'm down. Just buying a car in Carvana first. Ooh, for real? Yeah, it's super convenient. I already got pre-qualified in two minutes. All I had to do is answer a few questions. Ooh, that's helpful. And now just customizing my down and monthly payments. Ooh, that's a very fair deal. Yep. Boom. Just bought a car. And you get to take me to the Carvana vending machine in a couple days to pick it up. Ooh. I'm kind of busy. Visit Carvana.com to finance your next car. Financing subject to credit approval. Hey there, it's Ryan Seacrest for Safeway. Now that spring is here, it's time to focus on self-care and revitalize your personal care routine. Now through March 26, head in store, shop for all your favorite personal care essentials, and earn four times rewards points. Shop for items like Crest toothpaste, secret deodorant, Old Spice deodorant, or Gillette razors. Offer expires March 26. Restrictions apply. Promotions may vary. Visit Safeway.com for more details. I know you're paying attention to global events as well as what's going on in our nation. War and increased conflict is bubbling up in more places. Countries are buying and hoarding massive amounts of gold. Why aren't you? It's time to pull the trigger with the Oxford Gold Group and buy gold and silver. Nobody can predict the future, but we can't put our head in the sand either. Call Oxford Gold Group right now and you may qualify for up to $10,000 in free precious metals. Call 833 833- 995 gold that's 833-995-GOLD, 833-995-G-O-L-D. Welcome to today's edition of the Clay Travis and Buck Sexton Show podcast. Catch John Batchelor weeknights from 9 till midnight on 710 WOR. Now, it's the Clay Travis and Buck Sexton Show. Thursday, everybody, starts right now here on the Clay and Buck Show. Thanks for joining us, and we've got much to discuss, as always. Uh, The Manhattan District Attorney, I'm going to be in Manhattan uh, next week for a couple of days. Manhattan District Attorney says that he is himself fearful of crime on the New York City subway system, to which Clay and I both want to say... Maybe you should find somebody who can do something about that, Mr. District Attorney. I don't know. Maybe somebody should step up and clean up the crime on the largest subway system in the United States. Um, We've also got um, CNN apologizing for misgendering trans influencer Dylan Mulvaney. This is fascinating because now you have, I know it might seem a little bit like, who cares? But now you have journalistic theoretically, journalistic enterprises apologizing for being accurate, which is, that's a a sign of something that is not good, my friends. Uh, Also, Clay put out a RFK Jr. versus Mitt Romney poll, and we'll talk to you a little bit about the results of that. Also, third-party possibility among the Democrats, and it effectively would hand the presidency to the Republican frontrunner right now, Donald J. Trump. So the third-party possibility is something that we are going to spend some time on, the polling, what that shows. Um, RFK Jr. not going away in terms of at least attention and support from a pretty sizable chunk of Democrats and some independents, even some even some Republicans. So we'll discuss all that. We'll definitely get you in on that one, too. Remember, it's 800-282-2882. Um, and Clay, Clay, I did, we, we nailed this one, right? Like, I, I think we were both very clear on this. I mean, I definitely remember saying they have the same crack team of investigators looking at the bag of cocaine in the White House that they had on the leak from the Supreme Court Dobbs decision, the leak of the General Flynn transcript under the Trump administration, uh, I, I don't know what else we, we put in there, but they're, they just, you know, the, they tell us today, they come out with, sorry guys, Secret Service has no idea who left a baggie of cocaine in what is supposed to be the most secure and surveilled building, perhaps in the world, certainly in the United States, the White House, right next to the Situation Room. The fix is in, Clay, just like it was for Hunter all along on the tax returns and everything else. Okay, so I don't care about people using cocaine. I understand some of you out there are like, oh my God. I am of the opinion that if you are an adult 
and you want to do things, even if sometimes they are uh, they are on the bounds of of legality. I just I don't care, right? I understand some of you disagree. Go, uh, that's fine. But let's leave aside. So I'm not even focused on the morality angle of the drug use, okay? Because I just I really don't care. I think it's significant if it's Hunter. I think it's significant if it's someone who is advising the president and is an addict. But what I am far more concerned about is this. Let me lay out exactly what happened. They found this cocaine in a supposedly highly secure area of the White House. And they shut down the entire White House because they were concerned it was anthrax and it might be a terror attack. What the Secret Service is telling all of us, Buck, is if someone was an unknown terrorist, undercover terrorist, they could walk into the White House and they could spread anthrax and we would never be able to figure out who that was. So if that is true, can I put your mind at ease, though? Can I put your mind at ease about this? It's not that they couldn't figure out who would leave the anthrax. Then they would probably want to figure it out. Okay. They don't want to figure this one out. This is about will, not capability. Okay. So that should be unacceptable on either front, right? If we have a situation where a supposedly the most secure place in the world that I think everybody out there listening to us should be the most secure place in the world, certainly the most secure place in the United States, given the fact that there are many people who would do ill to the residents of the White House, if it is true that we have such a securitized flaw that this could occur, then we need to have a major, massive investigation into how that would be possible. So that's point one. I agree with you, Buck. I think this is a cover-up. I think they don't want to catch whoever was involved. And the only thing I would say that's different than what you said is, I actually, I keep having too much faith in basic human decency. I know. And I keep know. getting disappointed time after time. Because I thought at a minimum they would trot out some twenty five year old and say, Hey, you know, this is uh this is insert name here, guy or girl. He or she was going to a White House going to a party on July fourth, and they didn't even bother to do that. So I keep getting upset at my expectations, which are, I think, fairly said low. They're not even rising to my low expectations and even giving me a bare minimum. I expected a lie. I expected a fall guy or fall girl for them to just come out and say, oh, we can't figure it out. Buck, they're still putting grandmas in prison for walking across into the Capitol and taking a selfie. They've been investigating it for two years now. There are still people being arrested for taking selfies in the Capitol on January 6th, and they can't get around to actually figuring out who brought a bag of cocaine to the most secure place in theory in the United States. It's unacceptable, and I hope, and this is what I hope, I hope that all of these things adding up are registering with middle-of-the-road persuadable voters. I hope that that is starting to, like, the hypocrisy is starting to add up. So I have two things for you. Uh, One is, yes, jump into the toxic swamp of endless cynicism when it comes to anything involving the Biden regime, anything involving any institution of our government. Uh, There is nothing that they are unwilling to corrupt or that is incorruptible when it comes to the power of this regime like there's no whether it's the supreme court or it's you know the safety of the white house if it hurts them politically they won't they won't I will go just say it. this no no i the supreme court leaker should have been caught i can understand easier how the supreme court leaker could get away with it than whoever brought so, the cocaine to the White House. In in this instance, put aside whether there's DNA or fingerprints on it, I, I find it very hard to believe that, I mean, this person wasn't, they're, they're not a cat burglar. They This isn't, uh, they're not, you know, coming in through the skylight to steal the Hope Diamond. Like, I don't think they were carrying, you know, this around with gloves. But put that aside for a second. Which, by the way, should be a, should be a sign something's afoot 
if somebody walked into the White House with latex gloves on, I'd be like, ah, you know, this feels weird to me. Yeah, weird. You just tell everybody, though, you're still afraid of COVID. I'm only on shot number six. Um, but I, I would, uh, I would throw in there this as well. We had a lot of political analysis, including from some folks, uh, listening. They were saying, oh, this is, I'm, I'm just, this is food for thought. Okay. Point one, the endless cynicism that we should all approach anything involving the power of the Democrats and the commies, et cetera. Just, just that's got to be baked in for everybody and keep that in mind for 2024. Keep that in mind for everything. Okay. Point two, though, people were saying, see, Buck, this is how they're going to push. Hunter aside, this is how they're going to... And on, to this I say, okay, well, if you thought that this was, you know, planted or something, or this was a plot of some kind, which I, I didn't buy into this, but I'm just saying, what this really is is the system protecting the Biden White House at some level, no matter what. This is the Secret Service knowing that there's a decent chance Joe Biden's going to be the boss for, well, you know, certainly the next year or so, and who knows after that, and so they didn't want to they didn't want to ruffle the feathers, which means I still think they view the Biden apparatus as uh, as important and something that they will protect, even at the expense of just common sense. That Everyone looks at this and goes, come on, man. Really? Like th- this is a come on, man moment, but they don't care. OK, for, don't you think every single White House employee should have to get tested for cocaine as a as a baseline? I think that's a reasonable thing to do at this point. And I would just say this, Buck. Like, the idea of planting cocaine to try to embarrass the Bidens, I am fascinated by. Like, if this was an FBI, CIA hit job, whatever, and they're trying to just embarrass, they're trying to force out Joe Biden. But let's say that that's not true. Let's toss that to the side. I'm also troubled if it's not a plant, in other words, not intentionally left there in some way to try to embarrass and humiliate the Biden administration. The person who would have left a baggie of cocaine in a highly securitized area of the White House unintentionally would have to be a drug addict, right? Because if you are of sound mind, You are thinking to yourself, okay, it's super risky to bring a bag, I would think, of cocaine into the White House. You would be thinking that if you are a rational human being. If if I walked through an airport with a bag of cocaine, I would be terrified of a drug-sniffing dog. I would be, I'm a rational, reasonable, non-addict human being. I would never walk through an airport with a bag of cocaine. So my point on this, Buck, is if someone accidentally left cocaine in the White House, they are probably an addict. Why would we have a cocaine addict working in the White House? That would trouble me in general because the one thing that you would want, regardless of politics, is people of sound mind making decisions, not drug addicts, when they're working in the White House, right? I mean, do you agree with me? If you accidentally leave cocaine, you have got some major issues going on. Does that make I sense mean, to you? Like that, that, that it was the really place was kind of, I'll do. be honest, you know, the place was, uh, the White House was kind of a pharmacy back when JFK was, uh, was the president. So this isn't I, the first time, I, the first I, time I that people it. have been taken. And who knows? What, we think under the Bill Clinton presidency, there wasn't, I mean, we know there was all kinds of stuff going on there. Um, I, I think that your point about the this person being an addict, I, I've, I said along I didn't believe that it was Hunter because there are some levels of of insanity that I think are even too much for Hunter. Now I might have to eat those words at some point. I, I recognize that I think saying that, Hunter is very likely to have been the source and or someone who is friends with Hunter. Well, friends with Hunter is not Hunter, right? That that's a different. If Hunter's using a mule, if he's having somebody else carry the drugs for him. That's not, you know, that's a, a, a different guy. situation. That means he's being a little crafty. Um, <laughs> but I, I think that on, on this case, what you see is that, and this, this actually goes to a, a lot of the challenges that we have. And we had the FBI director yesterday getting shouted at by, um, you know, members of Congress. And, and we sit here and we say, look, I, I appreciate that they're raising these issues. Does anyone want to place bets with me as to whether or not anything's going to happen to anyone at the FBI? at least while Joe Biden's president, the answer is no. Nothing is going to happen. There's no point in lying to people. And one of the problems that we have is whether it's prosecutors or investigators, 
all they have to do is either pretend to not care or pretend to be stupid, kind of like what, you know, journos do in the left-wing media, and they can avoid anything that's politically damaging. So on this one, it's, oh, sorry, we just can't figure out, can't, you know, the investigation's not going to get our guy or gal, so we'll see. I just, I can't stop thinking, Buck, about how the cocaine ends up there. Because if you accidentally brought it in, and you were panicked, and you were like, oh my god, dude, I just brought in cocaine, look, there's this drug-sniffing dog that's about to walk through the White House, you would throw it away, right? And and they say they can't figure it out. If you were walking with someone, and they pulled cocaine out of their bag, and they put it on the counter, this feels like it has to be someone who was by themselves and they panicked. In you have to remember, it doesn't I'm not, make any sense to me. I'm not well versed in these things, to be clear. But you know, you have a little baggie. Someone, it, it, someone could say it was it was Ritalin. I don't know how many people out there. You know, you can chop it up a little bit. People will do that, which technically wouldn't be illegal if you have a prescription for it. Somebody could say, I don't know, I don't know how many baby powder users there are out there. You know, to keep dry in the swampy months. Uh, but you know, it kind of looks like that. I'm just saying. There are ways that you could sneak this in. That's not cocaine. It's gold bond. Is a hell of is a hell of an argument. <laughs> well, isn't that what they this did is, in, uh, this in is coming not to for America? To, right? Yeah. yeah. This is not for me to snort and get high. It's for me to put on my balls to make sure they're not sweaty. I mean, that is a uh, that is a. I mean, I'm not putting it past Hunter, but that's an aggressive. I, I just no, don't it was trading. See. It was trading places. They put they planted the drugs on them. That's it was not coming to America. That's right. You're I saying. just I don't see how this happens. Right. I mean, if I'm just thinking through it, if it's not an intentional plant. I don't see how it happens, and I don't so, see how we don't catch them. I have a general a general proposition that I I'd like to remind myself and everybody else about, which is, in in general, stupidity and incompetence is more often the answer than conspiracy. <laughs> like, so you're saying, oh, but how could how could all those things? Is it possible that a staffer in this White House, which is staffed by morons, could have done something this stupid? I think the answer is. Yes. Okay. But why not just throw it away if you're trying to get rid of it? Why put it on a shelf in a public place where it could be found? It's so stupid that you just... I I can buy into stupidity. Usually stupidity, though, there is a rational basis behind it. Stupidity would be like accidentally bringing in cocaine, throwing it away... To me, it feels like an addict thing. I don't know. I'm curious if people have theories on this because I this is a whodunit that I do find to be super interesting, and I just don't buy anything that's been told so far. What do you think of the chances that there's some White House aide who's 26 or 27 years old who's, you know, mom and dad pulled some strings to get this job in the Biden White House <laughs> who every time this news story comes up on his or her screen, their laptop, just start shaking. <laughs> hi, I think it's which is hi. why I don't understand how you couldn't catch them. Which is why I think you should drug test everybody and find out what percentage of the White House is actually using cocaine. I, I is it that high? I mean, I don't Clay know. Going, Clay going, Clay, the Libertarian, going full narc over here. All of a sudden, drug just, test it, them all. Drug test them all. I got to go to break here, but I, 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 I want them all. Uh, online identity theft, silent, you know, silent crimes. A lot of silent crimes going on all over the White House right now, right? More often every day than you might imagine. Likely already affected you or a family member. Take the case of a company that suffered data breach this spring. Included the data on millions of driver's license, personal info. It's all out there. You know this. You see it every single day happening everywhere. It's important to understand how cybercrime and identity theft are affecting our lives, and protecting your identity can be easy with LifeLock by Norton. LifeLock detects and alerts you to potential identity threats you may not spot on your own, like crimes committed by thieves pretending to be you with the kind of information recently stolen online. No one can prevent all identity theft or monitor all transactions at all businesses, but it's easy to help protect yourself with LifeLock. Join now and save 25% off your first year promo code CLAY. Call 1-800-LIFELOCK, head to LifeLock.com, use promo code CLAY, that's C-L-A-Y, for 25% off. Clay Travis and Buck Sexton, voices of sanity in an insane world. Your tax refund belongs to you, not an identity thief. Over $6 billion in tax refunds were flagged by the IRS for possible identity theft in 2023. If you're in a bind this tax season, LifeLock can help. 
LifeLock monitors and alerts you to identity threats you may miss on your own, even if you're careful with your personal information. And if you do become the victim of tax-related identity fraud, LifeLock has U.S.-based restoration specialists ready to help solve your identity theft issues. Plus, all LifeLock plans are backed by the Million Dollar Protection Package, meaning LifeLock will reimburse you up to the limits of your plan if you lose money due to identity theft. Let LifeLock help you protect your financial information so all you have to worry about is what to do with your tax refund. Go to LifeLock.com news and save up to 25% your first year. That's 25% off at LifeLock.com news. Identity theft protection starts here. Why are people still on the fence about owning gold and silver? I just don't understand. Have we already forgotten about regional bank closures, inflation, global instability, and the potential for serious world conflicts? You can look to precious metals for various reasons. One, having tangible currency on hand as part of your bug-out plan. Two, diversifying your portfolio as a hedge against inflation. And three, historically, gold increases in value over time. You keep yourself informed about global events. You see the increase in conflicts around the globe. Countries are buying and hoarding massive amounts of gold. Why aren't you? It's time to pull the trigger with the Oxford Gold Group and buy gold and silver. Nobody can predict the future, but we can't put our head in the sand either. The people with Oxford Gold Group are real pros. They make owning gold and silver simple and easy to understand. Call Oxford Gold Group right now and you may qualify for up to $10,000 in free precious metals. Call 833-995-GOLD. That's 833-995-GOLD. One more time, 833-995-G-O-L-D. Pure Talk believes in American values and that free should mean exactly that, free. Switch to Pure Talk today and get a free Samsung 5G smartphone. There's no four-line requirement, no activation fees, just a Samsung that's built to last with a rugged screen, quick-charging battery, and a top-tier data security system. Qualifying plans start at just 35 bucks a month for unlimited talk text, 15 gigs of data, and a mobile hotspot. Pure Talk will connect you to the most dependable 5G network in America for half the price of Verizon, AT&T, or T-Mobile. The average size family saves almost $1,000 a year. Let Pure Talk's expert U.S. customer service team help you make the switch today. Just go to puretalk.com slash clay and claim your eligibility for your free brand new Samsung 5G smartphone and start saving on wireless today. Again, go to puretalk.com slash clay to switch to the cell phone company my family relies on, Pure Talk. We are joined now by one of the senators from my home state of Tennessee. She is Marsha Blackburn. She is fighting battles every single day that matter for so many Americans. Senator Blackburn, appreciate the time. I want to start with the news that I'm sure you saw come out just in the last couple of hours, the Secret Service said that they have no idea, essentially, who brought cocaine into the White House and that they have no suspects and they're basically closing the investigation. You've been to the White House a lot in your career, I am sure. Uh, You know the security that is involved in going in and out of the White House. Do you believe the Secret Service? What should happen in your mind when they come out and say, well, we have no idea and try to close this case? That should be the sign to the American people that they know exactly who did this and why they did it and to the minute when they did it. But they are choosing not to tell the American people this information they don't want to share that information so they're going to hide that information and saying we're closing the case we don't know who did this is the equivalent of saying we know exactly when where and how this happened who did it but we're not going to tell you because we don't want you to know senator blackburn i know you're also raising uh, the alarm a bit about the Chinese Communist Party, the CCP, setting up what are being called service centers with China's national police agency in different city- cities. Essentially, the Chinese Communist Party operating surveillance uh, platforms of different kinds here in the U.S. What can you tell us about what kind of a concern, like what level of concern this is, how widespread it is and what's happening? 
Yeah, and but you know, we've talked for years about the Chinese Party, Communist Party's aggression in the United States, and they're pushed to be globally dominant. And the way they have used economic warfare, great power competition, their Belt and Road Initiative, in order to gain favor around the world and to push their way into having countries, entire countries, be subjected to them through debt diplomacy. China holds as much as 80% of some of the debt from some of these countries that they're pushing into, such as Djibouti, there in the Horn of Africa. And what we have seen is an uptick in this aggression. They feel like Joe Biden is weak. He is compromised. He is not going to stop them. He's not going to hold them to account. So in their push to be globally dominant by 2050 to make this the China century, they feel like they've got a lot of runway and that they can make a lot of headway. They knew better than to try to do something like this on Donald Trump. They knew that he was he would come after him and there'd be hell to pay. But for Joe Biden, they think they can push this off propaganda. Nothing's going to be said. For goodness sakes, they wouldn't go take down the spy balloon. They won't go after Cuba for setting up a training facility within 100 miles of the U.S. So why would they tell them to take down these Chinese Communist Party police stations that now are in seven, seven U.S. cities? And they are surveilling Chinese nationals who are here working or living or people, Chinese uh, individuals that now have permanent resident status or are applying for citizenship or who have become U.S. citizens. This is all of their surveillance mechanism. It is showing their power, showing that they can push their weight past that of the president of the United States and that you can't outrun them. No matter where you go on the face of the earth, if they can spy on you in the United States of America, they can find you anywhere else. So it is trying to instill fear because fearful people are easier to control. Senator Blackburn, I'm sure you also saw yesterday, and I agree with everything you're saying about China, and thanks for being one of the foremost attackers in, frankly, all of the American body politic when it comes to China's uh, evilness and the fact that we need to be calling them out. When you see what happened uh, with the FBI, and yesterday Christopher Ray spoke, and I'm just in disbelief that we could enter into a place where the FBI is as politically compromised as it is, and where, frankly, the rank and file of the FBI, uh, who go to work, I do think, every single day trying to catch bad guys, is now being tarred and feathered by the awful leadership and the political degree of protection we see with Hunter Biden and the persecution of Donald Trump. How do we fix this? When you watched Christopher Ray, what what how do we get back to the FBI being trusted and applying impartial justice to bad guys and not becoming a political arm of the Democrat party? That's right. And Clay, item number 1 is going to be to win the presidency in 24 and to take the US Senate so that we can work in concert with the House and make certain that we are are holding these individuals to account. The next thing is Christopher Ray needs to be fired after we find out everything that he has learned. And as he was testifying yesterday over in the House at Senate Judiciary Committee, we had a judge before us. At, uh, it was a guy who wants to be a judge, I should say. He's a nominee from the Biden administration. He happened to have been the deputy chief of staff and acting chief of staff for Christopher Ray at the FBI during the time of the 2020 elections and the Hunter Biden laptop and all of the other things that have happened. He was there until July of 21. So I asked him under oath if he was a participant in any writings, any meetings, any conversations, any emails, any phone calls dealing with what happened with um, with the the election with Joe Biden, Biden Incorporated, Hunter Biden's laptop, 
uh, anything against the pro-life activists, anything against parents being uh, labeled as terrorists, and he refused to answer the question. So I've sent it to him in writing for a response, and I was pleased that Senator Hawley joined me. He followed me in the questioning, and he picked up on that line of questioning also. These people feel like that running the FBI, they have the two-tiers of justice system locked in. Tennesseans don't want that. The American people don't want that. They want equal opportunity, equal access, equal justice for all. And they're offended with the smugness and the arrogance of people like Christopher Wray and Brandon Long, his former deputy chief of staff who, under oath, will not tell you the truth about what is going on or what their part was in it. And I did a telephone town hall the other night, thousands of Tennesseans on this telephone town hall. We did questions for an hour. And so many times, regardless of if the question was about inflation or the border or AI, or any of a host of issues, people would say, and I got to tell you, this two tiers of justice, this the Bidens not being held to account, the Clintons not being held to account, people getting favoritism from the government, people are exhausted with it, and they want it to stop. Senator Marsha Blackburn of Tennessee, thank you for being with us. Glad to join you. Thank you. A former Wall Street insider and renowned financial newsletter publisher has words of caution for each of us. Tika Tuai is his name. He believes our federal government could soon announce a mandatory national recall on the U.S. dollar. Those would be replaced with a new digital version that will be radically different from what you have in your bank account right now. Tika Tuai is warning, warning that the official announcement could come as soon as two weeks from now. That's on July 26th. He's exposing this government plan in a controversial new video and showing you the three steps you need to take to prepare. Go to dollarrecall.com to watch this video. Some of our government probably don't want you to see it, so you need to see it. Go to dollarrecall.com. Learn how to prepare before it's too late. Your savings account could depend on it. One more time, that website is dollarrecall.com, paid for by Palm Beach Research Group. Want more Clay and Buck that you didn't hear on the show? Get podcast extras in the Clay and Buck podcast feed. Find it on the iHeart app or wherever you get your podcasts. Welcome back in. Hour number two, Clay Travis, Buck Sexton Show. Appreciate all of you hanging out with us all over the country. Encourage you to go download the iHeart Radio app. Make sure you don't miss a single moment of the program, no matter where you are in the country or around the world. And also, we would encourage you to continue to download and subscribe to Clay Travis and Buck Sexton Show podcast feed, 15 million plus downloads and counting every single month. That is a tremendous credit to you guys. We continue to set records as uh, more and more of you subscribe and download there. Yesterday, Buck, uh, we got several things to get into. Marsha Blackburn is going to join us at the bottom of this hour. Next hour, we'll be joined by Republican presidential candidate Vivek Ramaswamy. Yesterday, I tossed out that I think there's a great deal of popularity in this audience that Robert F. Kennedy Jr. has unlocked. And I didn't know what the numbers would reflect, but I said, for instance, if you gave me a choice of voting, and and again, no third party, and you gave me a choice only of these two, death is not an option, you can't pick anybody else, I said I would vote for Robert F. Kennedy Jr. over Mitt Romney. And I said, I would vote for Robert F. Kennedy Jr. over Paul Ryan. And a lot of reaction rolled in. So I thought, you know what? I should put a poll up. And this poll has now been retweeted by Clay and Buck at Clay and Buck on Twitter. You can go vote in it there. Uh, We'll also maybe put it up on the front page of the Clay and Buck website to allow people who are not active on social media, don't have accounts, you can go vote there. We'll see what the numbers look like. Buck, these stun me. Right now, over 60,000 of you have voted in this poll. Again, you can go see it right now at Clay and Buck. You can scroll down. In fact, I'll retweet it right now so it shows up right at the top of my feed at Clay Travis. You can also go vote in it there. Over 61,000 of you have voted. 79% of people, Buck, said they would vote for Robert F. Kennedy Jr. over Mitt Romney. I, I Now, I think that's pretty significant because I bet 
a large percentage of people listening to us right now actually voted for Mitt Romney for president in 2012. Now, granted, Mitt Romney since then has... You're nodding. I mean, I've been a huge percentage of people. I mean, ever since people saw Mitt Romney with his mask on, marching, and being like, I'm here because I want to march with Black Lives Matter. Everyone's like, oh, yes, Mitt Romney. There's a man who understands the struggle. Like, give me a break. Mitt Romney has been a guy that people have had to just... We've had to try to forget the Republican votes that were cast for him in 2012. I mean, I still think he was a better option than Obama, but um, he's not running this time, though. So I think it'll be more interesting to see what about RFK Jr. versus a Republican who's not Trump or DeSantis. Well, I mean, he would crush. Let's run through him. I'll give you my guess. It would be so uh, RFK Jr. would crush Asa Hutchinson. I think he probably would beat in this audience Chris Christie. I think he would beat um, Nikki Haley, honestly. Really? Um, now, see, that that to me is is a little more interesting because she's a mainline Republican. Right? Mitt, Mitt Romney has gone over basically to the other team. He, Mitt Romney is effectively Liz Cheney with, you know, shorter hair. Yeah. So which speaks to Utah. He hasn't announced Mitt Romney whether he's going to run for reelection. I believe I'm correct in this. Utah people can correct me if I'm wrong. But remember, he refused to endorse Mitt Romney, did Mike Lee, the senator from uh, from Utah. In he, he said he was sitting out because he was friends with both the guy who was the Democrat I mean. nominee. Romney's basically a Democrat now. So that's why okay. the, you know, that's why when you look at a RFK Jr. Romney comparison, it's, it's like, like saying, Asa, it's like saying, you know, someone like an Asa Hutchinson. I mean, there are Republicans. It, it is it is the case that there are Republicans who are effectively Democrats, but they just like to pretend to be Republicans. You never get Democrats who are actually right wing, though. That's not really a thing. That doesn't really exist. Well, unless you count Joe Manchin or somebody like that. There I don't used think Manchin's right wing. I think Manchin uh, but, I mean, he's closer to the middle than than anything. Right. Um, it used to be the case that that you did have more crossovers because they were legacy. Right. You'd have. Yeah guys who were members of parties that they didn't really fit because the parties had changed a lot. I, I also think that um, the more people on the right have to f- well, find out about RFK Jr.'s policies on things, my guess is he's probably, I, I'm guessing here, I don't know, and maybe he's addressed some of this. He's uh, pro-choice. Um, my guess is he's pretty into high taxes. Uh, you know, you start to go down the list of things. I don't know where he is on crime. I have no idea. I don't know if anyone does because that could go either way, but on some of those issues, he would lose Repub- He would lose Republican support if he came out and and I, and, and I he has to repudiate. It, he's he said crazy stuff on climate change, which I believe he has said. I don't like. Well, I don't like the way I said that or something else. But the climate change thing could be a problem. Trump said a lot of crazy left wing things back no, in the I, day I before. Yeah. I'm not saying that it means yeah. that he can't get support. I'm just saying he has to come out and clarify on these things what he where he would stand out, which is why we want to have him back on the show. I will not be at the doctor. I will be here. So <laughs> I think um the the what it really represents is people are desperately craving authenticity. And I think even if you or me or other people out there, I, this is what I get, my sense of the national electorate as we move towards the primary season is a lot of people feel, and the reason why I think Mitt Romney and Paul Ryan are good examples of this, this is a guy who in 2012 was the presidential uh, nominee. Paul Ryan was the Speaker of the House for Republicans. I think and RFK vice Jr. presidential nominee. And a vice presidential candidate. I who think debated Joe RFK Biden, Jr. if we recall. Uh, yeah. I think that RFK Jr. would beat both of those guys among Republican voters right now. And, the, and here is why I think that would happen, Buck. I think there is, one, a desire among a huge percentage of the population, for there to be a reckoning over COVID. And I think there is a deep well of distrust that is similar, I would imagine, I wasn't alive, to what happened coming out of Vietnam over the fact that you know that your government lied to you. And I think people are willing, again, this is my read of the national electorate, I think people are willing to say, okay, I disagree with you on that. If you just honestly tell me what you think, at least I know what you mean. And I think Trump hit on a lot of this in 16, Buck. And I think his presidency, honestly. What did Trump do 
the in office. Not a lot that he said he would not do. Now, he wasn't well, able to he, accomplish he things, everything. Yeah, he said things that he believed to be true that are things that a lot of people believe to be true, but they felt they weren't allowed to say, including Correct. among other Republicans. Yes. And that was the breakthrough. Um, I, I think that right now, a lot of people, the craving of authenticity, I do think that's reading the feelings that that people have right now. I think that as things get closer... Um, you get into the fear of losing and the desire of winning, and that starts to crowd out, meaning, well, I'm going to vote for, whether you're Democrat, Republican, I'm going to vote for Joe Biden because I, I don't I don't want the Republicans to win. And so that that's where you, I think things narrow pretty quickly from everyone saying, well, I want the most authentic candidate. All of a sudden, electability, which is a very amorphous thing, right? You're, you're not electable until you're elected. You know, we're going to argue a lot about this. Everyone's going to be arguing about who's electable, and people will point out that that we've seen plenty of times in recent political history in this country, Trump being probably the best example of it in 2016, where, oh, that person can't win until they do, until they do. And then all of a yeah, sudden, and, everything, and, the convention, uh, conventional wisdom changes. And remember one of the most, you remember one of the most controversial things that Trump was willing to say? To me, this was when I started really taking note. There I mean, there, there are a lot, Clay. So there's a, remember but, the controversial thing no, that Trump the one, said? Well, I mean, in terms of directly attacking Republican orthodoxy. Oh, the, the Iraq war thing? Yes. That was where I looked up and I said, oh. D- like, that so, to me is evidence of being willing to challenge the existing uh, party. That to me is the direct attack, right? Was when he said... Iraq, the Iraq war was a disaster and George W. Bush blew it. So I, I will say, though, he read something very important in the shift in politics that had occurred. Remember, that was also something that Barack Obama in the Democrat primary was able in 2008 to outmaneuver Hillary on, yes. which was her previous support of the Iraq war. The Iraq war was, as much as Democrats tried to rewrite history, John Kerry tried to rewrite that history. He failed. The Iraq war was a bipartisan, 100%. a yep. bipartisan push at the time. Both parties had their hands all over that. And Trump came along. I think he saw, I'm not saying he didn't feel this way because he saw what happened in Iraq and just came to this assessment, but also politically, it, it was clear that on the Democrat side, Barack had an advantage over Hillary because of her support for Iraq. And on the Republican side, everybody who was prominent in Republican politics had effectively been tied to the yep. Iraq war in some capacity. So Trump comes along and he's like, that was terrible. Well, what, what was that all about? And people were out saying, wow, finally we get it. Because it's a little bit harder if you, you know, voted for Iraq and you gave 15 speeches about how great the Iraq war was going or whatever. Correct. Which a lot, which was true of a lot of Republican members of Congress, et cetera. So that was a big change, a uh, big change for him. I also would say um, that's why I think, and I know people out there are going to think it's crazy, I think Trump is seriously considering putting RFK Jr. on the ticket. I really do. And I know people out there, you may say, you know, you're you're crazy for even suggesting it. That is the single, the single most disruptive thing that Trump could do in selecting a vice presidential candidate would be RFK Jr., uh, you, know, you see that DeSantis has said he will not be a I, vice president. So he's, I which did. we've, to be fair and to be clear, we, I've told you, I've said this on the show when people called in and they said, what about a Trump DeSantis ticket? I said, I think that would be very powerful. Ron won't do it. Yeah. And now Ron has said he won't do it. So sometimes fair, we say things. Go to ahead. To be fair, every single Republican or Democrat presidential candidate of the last 50 years, when they're running for president, has said at some point, I won't be the VP, right? And a lot of those people end up being the VP. I don't think, uh, we, we could talk to some Republicans right now and say, would you be Trump's VP? And they would say, well, I think I should be the first choice, but I'd be happy. Ron is, has completely ruled out VP under Trump. So, I get it. But if Trump wins and it's over, right? If Trump wins, I, the issue with DeSantis as VP, as we have talked this about, this is why we got to get the betting board up. I would give crazy odds to anybody who wanted. There is no chance that Ron DeSantis okay. would take a VP slot. I think slot the under legality Trump. of it is actually the reason why he wouldn't be the nominee. Right? You can't really have two from the same state because there is constitutional issues. Yeah, Trump has houses in New Jersey and New York. I mean, do you think New Jersey would allow Trump to easily switch his residency to New Jersey? They would go to court to try to say. 
that they have to give up Florida's electoral votes. I don't want that legal issue. If DeSantis were the governor of any other state than Florida where Trump lives, I think DeSantis in March, if he if Trump had swept to the nomination and he came to him and he said, I want you to be my VP, I think he would take it. You because, and I disagree. Buck, you're <laughs> I you're the nominee a hundred percent in twenty eight if Trump if you're Trump's VP and you're and you're DeSantis, right? Now there are other people Trump could pick as VP that aren't as well known. For instance, I'll just toss one out. If he picked Christy Noam, I don't think that means Christy Noam has to be the nominee in twenty eight. I think if DeSantis were the VP, it would be a default. Trump wins in twenty four. There's not hardly even a campaign in twenty eight. On the Republican I, primary side, I I see the I see the logic of it. I don't think he would take that role. I I get it. I get it. I don't <laughs> right. think it's possible. And it's not because of, of le- it's not because of legal. I don't, I th- I'm looking I think at it's the, of the egos, the egos and mentalities of the men involved. It's not going to happen. It's not going to happen. Some guy, you know, I just don't see it. I don't see it. Oh, look, the good thing about all this is we'll see. We'll end, we'll end up seeing if this goes. We should ask Vivek. By the way, who is on in the third hour? Yes. Would you gladly accept if you are not? Vivek says he's right. He is running and, yep. and he has been gaining, to be fair. And we try to be very fair to all the candidates. Vivek has been gaining support, you know, so you got to treat that with respect. He's obviously people are listening and they're liking what they're hearing. Uh, I don't think he would say at this point, there's no chance that I would be Trump's VP. We, we could try this out with him. Vivek, would you take a VP job with Trump? He would not say no chance. We can ask him. I think it's like when you're going after chicks, sometimes the best way to get the chick is to pretend you have no interest in getting the chick. It's a tried and true. All the boys out there, young guys, one of the best, oh, and man. every girl's like, yep, one of the best ways to get the chick, pretend that you have no interest in getting the chick. Makes you way more oh, desirable. It's, it's between sports and chick analogies. We cover a lot of ground here on this it's show. It's all psychology. Sports, it's all chicks, psychology. it's all, all psychology. All right, we're going to get into more of this. Uh, also, we do have um, coming up, uh, Senator Marsha Blackburn is going to be joining us from Tennessee, which is a fantastic state. We'll get to that in a, mo- in a little bit. Uh, earlier this month, we took a long holiday weekend to celebrate our nation's Independence Day and remember our freedoms and the heroes who fought for our freedoms. But have you thought about this, that there are more Americans today, unborn Americans, that do not have that freedom of life and liberty? These are the children we may never meet because abortion has been chosen over giving them life. Every day, unborn babies' lives are under attack. But because of a brave and selfless organization by the name of Preborn, we can rescue them. Preborn is the largest pro-life ministry in the country. And by providing free ultrasounds to women contemplating such a decision, they're saving some 200 lives a day. Will you stand with Preborn and make a donation to this nonprofit organization? Each ultrasound is just $28, or five ultrasounds are $140. To donate... Just dial pound 250 on your cell phone and say the keyword baby. That's pound 250. Say the word baby or donate securely at preborn.com slash buck. That's preborn.com slash B-U-C-K. The voices of sanity in an insane world. Clay Travis and Buck Sexton. Why are people still on the fence about owning gold and silver? I just don't understand. Have we already forgotten about regional bank closures, inflation, global instability, and the potential for serious world conflicts? You can look to precious metals for various reasons. One, having tangible currency on hand as part of your bug-out plan. Two, diversifying your portfolio as a hedge against inflation. And three, historically, gold increases in value over time. You keep yourself informed about global events. You see the increase in conflicts around the globe. Countries are buying and hoarding massive amounts of gold. Why aren't you? It's time to pull the trigger with the Oxford Gold Group and buy gold and silver. Nobody can predict the future, but we can't put our head in the sand either. The people with Oxford Gold Group are real pros. They make owning gold and silver simple and easy to understand. Call Oxford Gold Group right now and you may qualify for up to $10,000 in free precious metals. Call 833-995-GOLD. That's 833-995-GOLD. One more time, 833-995-G-O-L-D. Pure Talk believes in American values and that free should mean exactly that, free 
Switch to Pure Talk today and get a free Samsung 5G smartphone. There's no four-line requirement, no activation fees, just a Samsung that's built to last with a rugged screen, quick-charging battery, and a top-tier data security system. Qualifying plans start at just 35 bucks a month for unlimited talk text, 15 gigs of data, and a mobile hotspot. Pure Talk will connect you to the most dependable 5G network in America for half the price of Verizon, AT&T, or T-Mobile. The average size family saves almost $1,000 a year. Let Pure Talk's expert U.S. customer service team help you make the switch today. Just go to puretalk.com slash clay and claim your eligibility for your free brand new Samsung 5G smartphone and start saving on wireless today. Again, go to puretalk.com slash clay to switch to the cell phone company my family relies on, Pure Talk. Grand Canyon University, a private Christian university in beautiful Phoenix, Arizona, believes that we're endowed by our creator with certain unalienable rights to life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness. GCU believes in equal opportunity, and the American dream starts with purpose. GCU equips you to serve others in ways that promote human flourishing and create a ripple effect of transformation for generations to come. By honoring your career calling, you impact your family, your friends, and your community. Change the world for good by putting others before yourself to glorify God. Whether your pursuit involves a bachelor's, master's, or doctoral degree, GCU's online, on-campus, and hybrid learning environments are designed to help you achieve your unique academic, personal, and professional goals. With over 330 academic programs as of September 2023, GCU meets you where you are and provides a path to help you fulfill your dreams. The pursuit to serve others is yours. Let it flourish. Find your purpose at Grand Canyon University, private, Christian, affordable. Visit gcu.edu. All right, welcome back. Uh, Let's take a look at the polls here for a second because they just put out, Clay, the first polls showing where the Republican candidates are that meets all the criteria. So this is from Politico. The first poll that meets all the criteria for candidates to qualify for the first GOP debate. This is kind of like more official poll. And what we have in it, it shows eight candidates hitting all the criteria um, that are that have at least one percent support. And there's a couple other things, but Trump at 56 percent, Ron DeSantis at 17, Vivek Ramaswamy at eight, Vivek in third right now, Mike Pence, seven percent. Clay, Nikki Haley, three <laughs> percent. Tim Scott, three percent. Chris Christie, three percent. Asa Hutchinson at one percent. So Asa, I think, is set to um, uh, make it onto the debate stage. Right? That's they have to have at least forty thousand donors. I'm looking at this now. So that so that means if you hit one percent, you are in the polls enough to get on the debate stage. Then you have to have you have to have two national polls that show that, and then you have to have forty thousand individual donors and and have to pledge to support the eventual nominee. We may be joined here at some point soon by our friend Vivek. He might. Oh, is he with us? Vivek, yeah. hey guys. Ramaswamy, tech entrepreneur, and according to polls, Mister Vivek, third place right now in the Republican primary uh, must be quite a ride for you. It's going well so far. I'm, I think we're still in early days of this, but much of the country still doesn't know who I am. And so we're actually doing better than expected this early in the polls. But I think the debate stage, I heard you just talking about that. And I think that is going to be critical for the next phase of this campaign season. And I think it's going to be a good Can I just ask you, Vivek? I mean, give us, give us a preview. I'm obviously a lot of it's going to be your back and forth with some of the other candidates, but you know, your version, sometimes I'll do opening statements. Give us a shortened version of your opening statement that you're planning to give on that debate stage. I have to tell you, I haven't prepared it yet, but let me let me give it a try. This is called this my debate practice. So, Tom Vivek, I rise with cake, and I have lived the American dream. My parents came to this country with almost no money 40 years ago. I've gone on to found multi-billion dollar companies. I did it while getting married, having two sons, following my faith in God. And I'm in this race because I'm worried that that American dream 
will not exist for the next generation. And I see a conservative movement today that is habitually running from something. I'm in this race as the first millennial ever to run for president as Republican. I am in this race to lead us to start running to something, to our vision of what it actually means to be an American today. And I think that means reviving the ideals that won us the American Revolution 250 years ago. That's the task ahead in 2024. So I don't know if that was good on the fly or that's not. Pretty that's pretty good. That's pretty good on the yeah. fly. I don't think Joe Biden could even uh, come up with uh, with a, a single sentence, probably, hardly, to answer a question. <laughs> uh, thanks for coming on with well, us. Congratulations. That's what I got, <laughs> got the cocaine to help out, you know? <laughs> uh, thanks for coming on with us. Uh, but I'll ask you about that, because I do think it goes to the distrust that many Americans of all political persuasions feel in institutions of power in this country right now. When you hear the Secret Service come out and say, we can't figure out where this cocaine came from, what's your reaction? Do you buy it in any way? I think there are two choices of what's at issue. One is incompetence. And the second is even worse than incompetence. It is dishonesty. I think in this particular case, usually (laughs) I'm a big believer in believing an explanation that ends in incompetence. That is usually the explanation, certainly relating to any bureaucracy for a failure. But in this particular case, I actually think it's so glaring that it is outright dishonesty. It has to be. I mean, it reminds me a little bit of the way we felt when we were debating the COVID lab leak, right? Yeah. I mean, nobody had hard evidence that it came from China instantly. That that has since come out. But at the time, you have a virus, unlike any seen before in the properties by which it's spreading, that started in Wuhan, which is the one city that there's a bioterrorism lab that conducts known gain-of-function research on engineering viruses. And we say that it didn't come from that lab. I mean, how preposterous would that have to be? And the same thing now, you have a son of a U.S. president that regularly visits the White House that literally in his laptop had cocaine, not to mention multiple actual addressed, documented cocaine use incidents that hangs out in the White House. And there's a white bag, a Ziploc, found in areas that not very many people get into that has cocaine in it. Fingerprinting, et cetera. I mean, this this isn't complicated stuff. If the Secret Service can't do this, I don't particularly trust them to protect the president of the United States from complex threats. But the reality is, of course, they have the capability to. It's the fact of covering up accountability for And this is let's be honest with this. In the scheme of things, relatively small. I'm not minimizing it. But amongst the scheme of things that I would worry about with this administration, including criminal behaviors that compromise the potential integrity to be able to lead a country, accepting bribes from a state-affiliated company. People have not put this obvious piece together. The $5 million that comes from Burisma, which was a company that's supposedly privately owned but whose owner was on like a National Security Council for Ukraine, happens to now be the country getting $200 billion of taxpayer funds directed by that U.S. president. That's a deeper problem to me than a drug addict kind of president's son leaving some cocaine around the White House. It's not good. It's just an example but, of yeah. I'm sorry to cut you off, but you reality. agree you agree with me on this that if you were having to project where this cocaine came from, Hunter Biden is by far the biggest suspect, right? And I'll just say if the, if we knew a serial killer was visiting a house and a dead body was found outside of the house, it wouldn't be crazy. Corinne Jean Pierre said it was unacceptable to even have this discussion. I'm sure you saw that. It wouldn't be crazy to say if a dead body ended up in a place that we knew a serial killer spent a lot of time, hey, maybe the serial killer did it. When we know that Hunter Biden is a cocaine addict and cocaine shows up in the White House that they can't claim they don't know where it came from, it's not crazy to think, oh, maybe it was the cocaine addict that had the cocaine. Occam's razor. It's very simple. Use the yeah. simplest explanation first. And that's why I use the COVID lab leak thing. Again, Corinne Jean-Pierre saying that about Hunter Biden is the equivalent of social media companies censoring your account and locking you down from being able to say that this started in a lab in Wuhan calling that racist two years ago. And I'm not making that up, as you guys will well remember. That's exactly what happened in this country. And so, you know, it's, it's a lady doth protest too much in this. Vivek, if I can, if I can take us back, I'm speaking to Vivek Ramaswamy here, who is currently running third in the most recent major national poll for the Republican nomination. Um, Vivek, to that end, uh, 
the Trump campaign seems pretty positively disposed toward you. Uh, unlike one of your other front runners, uh, who is getting a lot of back and forth with, uh, with the Trump campaign. Um, you are running and I know you're going to tell us that you want to be the president, but do you think you would do a better job than Trump? I'm in this race because I think I'm going to do the best job of leading and reuniting this country. Yes, I do believe that I am the one candidate in this race. I think there's a lot of Republicans, Trump included, by the way, who are positioned to defeat Biden in a general election. So I reject the electability case against Trump. I think Trump versus Biden or most of the Republicans in this field versus Biden can in a narrow election absolutely win. I think I'm the only candidate in the Republican field, frankly, who can deliver a landslide election akin to what Ronald Reagan did in 1980. And I do think we need a landslide election. We need a moral mandate to revive this country. You know, I might just point to the facts of that, right? 30 percent of our we've you were talking about the 40,000 donor threshold for the Republican Party that many even, you know, well-known politicians have had trouble meeting and are complaining that it's set too high. I've already passed 65,000 unique donors. I've never had a political donor in my life. I never had a donor list that we started with either. I post selfie videos on Twitter and collect donations that way. But we have data on this. And I think last I checked, at least, it was about 30% of them were first-time-ever donors to a Republican candidate. That's unheard of. It's usually 2 to 5% for a Republican candidate. And so it just tells me, I mean, I go to the south side of Chicago. I go to Kensington and Philadelphia, where even... The police don't show up, or Democratic politicians certainly don't show up. I'm going to college campuses across this country, and I just see an opportunity to think beyond Republican and Democrat boundaries. I could care less for, honestly, traditional partisan distinctions. To me, it's whether we're part of this pro-American movement. And I think that is the formula for actually delivering. You know, Reagan revolution in 1980, I'm in this to do a Ramaswamy revolution in 2024 by similar margins to what Reagan gave us. And I think that's what we're going to need to actually see through much of the revival agenda of shutting down the administrative state, declare independence from China, revive national pride. That's not going to happen with the 50.1 margin. And so, yes, I do think I'm the best positioned person in this Republican field by far to deliver that. And that's what motivates me to be in this. We agree we need a landslide. That's actually what my book uh, is is laying out. comes out next month. I think you'll agree with a lot of it, Vivek. Uh, so we mentioned you're now qualified to appear in the uh, in the first debate. Donald Trump has not said whether or not he will participate in that debate. Should he participate in that debate? I don't think it. I don't think it matters whether he comes to the first couple of debates. I mean, frankly, this country knows who he is. Not only was he on many debate stages last time around. He also led the country as U.S. president. I think it's important for people who haven't run for president before or people who haven't been in the White House before to be on the early debate stage. I do think that it is important that Trump show up on the debate stage at least later on in this cycle, and I expect to be on there with him. Frankly, it might be just me and him by the time that that plays out. I think it'll be probably just me and him by the time we're at Super Tuesday. But in the early stages of this, I'm perfectly fine being on that debate stage even if Trump doesn't show up, because, frankly, most of this country doesn't yet know me or certainly know me well. And I think it's just a very different position than what Trump's in. OK, you've been very made yourself very wealthy, fantastic businessman. Uh, a lot of that is risk analysis, making taking advantage of opportunities. That, uh, to me, that was basically the essence of covid. Right. Could you or could you not mm -hmm. analyze risk? And unfortunately, a lot of politicians could not. If I right now said to you, there's a lot of Republican candidates. You get to be vice president, but you have to drop out of the race. So you are Trump's VP. Trump has a huge lead right now. Trump says, comes to you and says, Vivek, I want you to be my guy. You're VP. You'll then be the favorite in 28. We're going to win in 24. Yes or no in response to that option? For me, it would be no. And, and for someone else, the answer, you're right, could be yes. But for me, the answer is no, because it depends on how much you value that thing, okay? And for me, the whole project here is about service to the country. And I think I'm going to use my skill set best by, if I'm not U.S. president, continuing to do the things that I've been doing. I mean, Buck and I met in a tent in Wisconsin. What, a couple thousand people there where I was on my Woking book tour? That yeah, was fun. Three books. I've been, that was fun, right? And so, so I've, yeah. been, I've, I've cranked, out, cranked out a book every eight months. I've built businesses. I've built Strive that's 
the competing against BlackRock changed the game on the ESG movement in this country. There are lots of ways to drive change in this country. But, and there are but, but, Vivek, uh, Vivek obviously when you're third yeah. and you're running as well as you are, you're not going to drop out now. Later no. on in this process, if Trump were the I'm nominee, not gonna at all. We're gonna win the right, right, right. I, I don't know where the dropout thing came from, but if Trump were the nominee, would you consider being on a ticket with him? I will be helpful to this country in whatever way I can, but I would not be uh, number two or a member of an administration. I just don't think that's the right way hmm. for me to make the maximal positive impact on this country. And I'll tell you why. I, I was going to say I think there's a lot of other talented political leaders in the Republican Party, and a lot of them are going to be needed in the administration. I think there aren't that many talented executives in terms of people who can actually build companies, lasting enterprises, lead in the private sector. And so I'm going to have an impact that way. But I think when it comes to reforming the executive branch of the government, it just happens that I have probably the clearest understanding of how to actually shut down the administrative state and the federal bureaucracy. Vivek, we, we don't do want this interview to end, but unfortunately, we're, we're, we're basically at time. We just want to give you a chance to, to say what your site is or where people can go to learn more about your yeah. campaign. Vivek2024.com. V-I-V-E-K2024.com. And I love you guys. We'll talk some more. All right, my friend. Thank you. That's fascinating, right? I mean, th- thanks to Vivek. And, uh, he's good, man. There's, there's a reason that he's, that he's pulling third right now. Yeah. I think a lot of people out there, you know, raising their eyebrows, interested, like most people won't say. Again, we'll, we'll break this down a little bit more for you. We cl- come uh, back to close out the, uh, to close out the program today, but that was fun. Uh, innovation refunds, the name of the company helping tens of thousands of small business owners with their ERC tax refunds. The ERC is the employee retention credit. If you own a business with more than four employees, you could have money waiting to be claimed. ERC tax filing process complex, innovation refunds dedicated to helping business owners navigate the process. Your CPA might have said, hey, you don't qualify for the ERC. Uh, Wait just a second. Maybe worth getting a second opinion because innovation refunds has a network of independent tax attorneys familiar with the updated qualification criteria. They'll even work with your CPA to help you discover and feel confident about your eligibility. They've been helping eligible businesses claim their ERC tax refunds since 2021. And they may be able to help your business, too. Go to innovationrefunds.com to get started. No upfront charges. They don't get paid unless you get paid. You can call them now to 1-843-REFUNDS. That's 1-843-REFUNDS. Go to innovationrefunds.com. That's innovationrefunds.com. Clay and Buck, 24-7. Subscribe today. Hey there, it's Ryan Seacrest for Safeway. Head in store and shop for all your favorite personal care essentials to earn four times rewards points. Shop for products from Olay, Always, Gillette, Vicks, and Crest. Plus, check out new items like Mr. Clean Magic Eraser Ultra Thick Multi-Surface Cleaner. No more sponges or other cleaning products needed. And Head and Shoulders Bare Soothing Hydration Shampoo, a new kind of anti-dandruff shampoo with only nine ingredients. Offer expires March 26. Restrictions apply. Promotions may vary. Visit Safeway.com for more details lucky land casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky lucky in line at the deli i guess aha in my dentist's office more than once actually do i have to say yes you do in the car before my kids pta meeting really yes excuse me what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky i never win and tell well there you have it you can get lucky anywhere playing at luckylandslots.com play for free right now are you feeling lucky no purchase necessary void prohibited by law 18 plus terms and conditions apply see website for details my name is chris moody host of the new podcast finding matt drudge I'll be taking you on a journey to find the mysterious media mogul Matt Drudge, founder of The Drudge Report. Along the way, I'll talk to people who have worked with him, dined with him, and fought with him, taking listeners into private conversations, all in an attempt to get a better understanding of who Drudge is and what motivates him. Hopefully, he'll even sit down with us. Listen to Finding Matt Drudge on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.